Hey, Better Days family. Welcome to Better Days Podcast, the summer session. I'm so glad that you are here. Make sure to check out the weekly practice at the end of this episode. For more content from Better Days, check out our website, betterdaysfmly.co. If you'd like to support this podcast and the work we are doing around mental health and suffering, click the donate page on our website. I'm with two of my best mates, two of the best people I know, Benji and Zav, and we're going to have a discussion around emotionally healthy leadership. Uh, All three of us are pastors. We all have had our own journey around beginning leadership and what that looked like in the early days versus who we've become over time and the importance of our emotional health in the midst of leading other people and just our own soul. And so because this is such an important part of our lives and our leadership, we wanted just to open up a discussion amongst the three of us to you guys to share our journey and what we've learned along the way. So Benji, and Zav, welcome. Thanks so much for having yeah. us, Wes. We're stoked to be here. Yeah, seriously. This is uh, something we're excited to get to chat through and get to just glad to be here with you. Benji is in San Diego, where it's sunny all the time. Zav is in Ashland, Oregon, where it's not sunny all the yeah. time. So we're all leaders. And I've been on a long journey where I began leadership at a young age in uh, my early 20s. I had no idea what emotional health was. I was never taught how to cultivate my emotional health. I grew up in a family that was broken. Um, In fact, it was emotionally unsafe a lot of the times, and there wasn't any emotional cultivation. And so I think when I got into leadership, this was something that was an evolution of understanding And part of the evolution was seeing my weaknesses and seeing the need and the importance of emotional connection with myself, with God, with others as a really healthy thing. And so I'm just going to lay a foundation as we begin this discussion. Emotional health um, is connected to our mental health. It's a major facet of mental health. And because a mental health is kind of like this, this multi-faceted uh, reality, we want to just dive into this discussion around emotional health in leadership. Um, emotions, you know, us three as followers of Jesus, are a core facet of what it means to be human, a core facet of God's just kind of shaping and wiring the soul in every human being. And in order to be healthy and whole as leaders, we have to be connected to our emotions. Zav and I recently had a discussion on emotional health just generally. And I always say that emotional health uh, is like a wheel with many spokes. There's so many facets to emotional health. It's not just your emotions. It's all these parts of our humanity and how they influence our emotions. And so being an emotionally healthy leader is really important. I've had my my failures, my weaknesses, my learning curve in this. And then I've also had success and I'm feeling more and more whole the older I get and the more that I understand about this. So I've been on all spectrums. Uh, that's a part of emotional health is being able to say, oh my goodness, I've had a lot of failures and there's a lot I didn't know. And 
the good thing is that we all have opportunity to grow and develop. So Zav, Benji, love to hear just maybe like a quick explanation or even a story from your own life around the importance of emotional health in your own journey. <laughs> yeah, it, for, for me as well, similar to Wesley, um, I didn't really grow up with any even sort of awareness of the importance of my emotions. And um, I, I I tended to suppress and bury my emotions um, when I, when I felt anxious, when I felt stressed, when I felt sad, I didn't really know what to do with that. Then stepping into leadership, I've been in full-time, uh, I guess what you would call vocational ministry for 13 years now. Um, I'd say it probably wasn't until I was maybe six or seven years in that I really started realizing that there was, some uh, some deep rooted things that I hadn't worked through in my life that were affecting my emotional health as a leader that were making me disconnected from the people I was trying to love and to minister to. And, um, it, it, it was a difficult thing to step back into some of those situations and have to start um, bringing some things to the light that had been buried for a long time. But it was an important part of my journey as a leader, um, becoming emotionally healthy and allowing God to transform and sanctify my emotions and allowing to eat, allowing myself even space to process those with the Lord and to be real with Him. And uh, it's really important. So I, I kind of erred on the side of what I would call an emotional stoic. It's people who think that your feelings shouldn't have any place in your relationship with God, that your faith should just be rooted in theology, but there's really no room for emotions. That's where I erred. Um, there is the, the whole complete other side where some people err, which is just complete emotionalism. And especially in Western culture, this is something a lot of people and leaders can buy into, lead, like allowing our emotions to lead everything, saying emotions are everything. And a lot of people have bought into this, you know, saying, you, you know, your ultimate good and what you need is how you feel and your happiness and uh, just pursue that and follow your heart. And I think these are kind of two extreme ends of the spectrum. And I think to find balance and say, you know what, my emotions aren't everything, um, but also to bury my emotions isn't healthy. So as a leader, how can I create space for my emotions to process them and bring them to the Lord, um, but not let them just decide everything for me? So that's kind of, um, in my journey as a leader, something I've been trying to find the balance in. That's, that's super good. Um, I think for me, my journey with emotional health started when I was 19 and I got hired on as a youth pastor. It's like my it's like dream gig. And a month after being hired, I got pulled into a meeting and we were let know that the senior pastor was let go because he was having an affair. And, um, and as a 19 year old sophomore in Bible college, like that just was a bomb that blew up. Um, because this was someone I looked up to, someone that like, had tons of respect to the pretty large church. And I remember driving to go see Jen, who was my wife. Now at that time, she was my girlfriend. I was about to propose. And we met in this parking lot and I told her what happened. And she's crying. She's this guy most of her life. And she looks at me and she says, how can you tell me you're not going to do the same thing? And in this moment, I just start like just racking my 19 year old brain of any legitimate reason of why to convince her like, oh, that'll never be me. So I start thinking like, well, I love Jesus. I'm like, well, he loves Jesus. I'm like, well, I'm going to Bible college. I'm like, well, he went to Bible college. I said, everything I could come up with was 
was heavily spiritual, but he had every one of those things. It was the first time my eyes were open to like, this guy had everything that I thought would fortify my life um, for longevity. And so I remember at 19, just looking at my wife, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And what was interesting is that next week when we went into our staff meeting, there was someone who was brought in to kind of help us in the interim. And he handed us Pete Scudero's Emotionally Healthy Church book. And I'd never heard the term before. And as a staff, we read that book, Emotionally Healthy Church. And all of a sudden, I started putting the pieces together. The kind of the thesis of his, his book that's been really transformative in my life is you can be, or you can't be spiritually mature and emotionally unhealthy at the same time. That's exactly what was playing out in front of my face. But someone who had the charisma, the intellect to grow a large church and at, and at the same time have it all implode on him because there was some things emotionally in his life that were really unhealthy. And it was, it, that took me on a journey of realizing that the the things that I was leaning on to create health in my life were a little bit lopsided. They were, you know, they were like only spiritual. It was only this. And I didn't, it didn't give me a lot of, sorry, it didn't give me a lot of space just to think through where mental health, emotional health comes into play. Um, in my relationships and in my ministry and things like that. Um, and so that, that's kind of was the beginning uh, of my journey. And now it's continued to be something I go back to again and again. Thanks, Benji, for sharing that story. That story is so helpful, especially for a leader listening uh, or any of us, whether you're a leader or not a leader. And there's a few things that you said that I just think are so pertinent to our moment and leadership. I just think back, first of all, when I was young in ministry, I wish that I had people that said, hey, don't just study the Bible. Don't just learn how to counsel people. Don't just, you know, study exegesis and theology or whatever, but learn yourself. Like, understand your family of origin and the impact that's had on your life going back to, you know, to go forward. Pete Scazzaro's kind of line. Look into how you process pain, how you deal with the hard emotions of life. You know, uh, identify how you emotionally connect with human beings and how your emotions project on the people around you that you're leading. Uh, you know, do you come into a room and create anxiety? I've probably done that a million times. Or do you come in a room with a sense of peace and wholeness because you feel at ease and at peace emotionally um, in a room with people. I just think there's so many aspects of like being young that you think, oh, like if I do X, Y, Z, I'm going to be a great leader. But I would say what Benji said, the orientation of looking into your own interior life and cultivating that is far more important because that leads to a foundation of character and connection with people that will create a lot of influence, good influence long-term. So I just love that you shared that, Benji, because I feel like your story hits on so many points of what 
we know in our journey to be core foundations of of good leadership uh, around emotional health. I really appreciate that. And I also love that you said, you know, you, there are so many spiritual things that you were focused on, but then there's these other aspects that God also created. You know, I always say, you know, when it comes to emotional health, there's two uh, major categories, what's happening in your soul and what you're doing with your body. Both of those influence your emotional health. We know that from science, you know, physiology, uh, but we also know that from how God created us. We're not segmented, bifurcated, compartmentalized beings. We are integrated beings with a lot of facets and every facet influences the other. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. And you, your story as well, Zab. Thank you so much. Yeah, Benji's story is is really important for all church leaders because there is a gap in, you know, most uh, Christian leaders training process, we think of it mainly as intellectual and knowing the Bible and have verses memorized and having a good prayer life. And all those things are really important. But like you said, Benji, like in your pastor's life, it was all lopsided. It was all of that, but there was a, a piece that was missing, which was the heart piece. And as we even study the scriptures, that's really what God's after and what he's looking at. And you can know the whole Bible and pray and be a great Bible teacher and all of that but just have your heart and the things that you're desiring and pursuing, which is your secret. You know, it's the secret place that, that God sees and that God's going after. The secret place can be so disconnected from what people see, you know, uh, behind the pulpit or see when you're on the stage. And so that's the importance of just um, that whole other piece, which it's not just what I think that shapes what I do. It's actually how I feel. And so that's the importance of being in tune with our emotions and what are the things that my heart is drawing me towards and leading me towards? Because if I'm not in tune with that, like our heart and what's coming out of our heart is shaping the direction of our life more than the things that we think. I can think and know what's true, but if my heart is not pushing me in that direction, I'm going to stray from the things that I think. So cultivating a, a an emotionally healthy life as a leader is just as important as cultivating you know, and integrating a routine in the scriptures and a prayer life with God, they're, they're, they're both equal pillars, which are going to provide a strong foundation for a leader. Yeah. And I, and I think that like, you know, that story I shared, it's, um, it's, it's, it's glaring, right? It's like, oh, that was bad, right? Like those poor emotional health. I think the important thing to realize is that didn't like just happen one day. Like there was signs years prior that weren't attended to. And I think what makes this difficult, specifically maybe within the faith-based world, is a lot of times emotional unhealth isn't necessarily sin yet. It's it's not as just, um, it's not able just to be like, well, that's that's a bad emotion, that's a good emotion. It's a little bit more nuanced. And so because of that, we, just, so good. we leave it undiscipled. We, you know, we don't really touch it. And I think that, you know, something you said, uh, Wesley, in the beginning is part of, part of us growing into emotionally mature people and leaders is an awareness of who you are. And where a lot of people end up having these emotional explosions, there, before that, there's just an emotional unawareness most of the time. And then even if there was an awareness, there eventually becomes like, you know, either you don't know what to do with it or you choose un unhealthy ways on how to deal with it. And I think that's 
probably the largest lessons. Easy to look at some of those stories that show up in the news in our lives. Like that was clearly bad. But then we fail to look at the, like maybe the, the hairline fractures in our own emotional unhealth and to tend to them. Um, and, and the only way to do that, and I think it's what makes it difficult to really, um, to do this well is that every single person's unique. Uh, every single person is wired differently. And so my, my journey on emotional health is going to look different than my wife's or someone on my staff, um, or things like that. But it takes an awareness of, of those things, who you are. And so things like, whether it's personality tests or the Enneagram or things like that, healthy relationships, knowing yourself is important. And then having a safe space to be able to recognize those things, talk about those things is, is huge. Um, because I think no one like that pastor, like when I was 19, I'm sure he didn't like wake up just being like, I'm just going to totally screw up my life in this church. Um, like, you know, there's, like hundred percent, there was just things going on that he didn't either have the ability and the know-how to address the the safety of a place to address, or just the skills and the resources on what to do with those things when they were, you know, a level one or two before they were a level ten. And that's why, like, I'm so appreciative of this conversation because I think every single leader who's listening to this right now, and if you're listening to this. Let's just, you are a leader, right? You have a sphere of influence. You have to recognize that it's so easy to look at someone who is more messed up than you and to assume that you're fine rather than just taking seriously at this moment. Like, okay, what's, what are some of the warning signs? What are some of the things that should catch my attention? Um, so that it doesn't end up hurting myself or someone else. That's so good. I, I think. All of us need to do personal check-ins around a few areas in order to evaluate those warning signs. We have to ask ourselves, is there any area of erosion? Erosion happens slowly over time. So is there any area of erosion in our character? Because um, character is far more important than competency as a leader. Um, and then... Not only is there any erosion, but uh, is there anything in our life that is unhealthy? Like, are there some patterns that are creating unhealth emotionally that are causing me to, uh, you know, become cognitive, you know, have some cognitive dissonance where, you know, how I'm living is is a contradiction to what I'm saying uh, or my position or title. I think it's so easy, and I'm sure we've all done this, to have a bit of cognitive dissonance in our life where there's a gap between, you know, our life. And I think there's always going to be gaps that we're bridging. That's a part of like growth and becoming like Jesus, which I think should be the ultimate value of a leader, not you know, how great I am or how good of a speaker I am, but like our character formation is far more important than anything else. But we have to be really like aware intentionally of those gaps. You know, am I, am I teaching on this and yet I'm living like this or I'm teaching like this or there's like these 
slow erosions of character in these areas. That way we can catch things before, like you said, before it gets to that place where we're wrecked. Um, I remember uh, chatting with Wayne Cordero. We actually did a panel a couple of weeks ago and we were reminiscing about 2013 when I was just totally burnt out um, from leading as a young guy, leading this church that grew uber fast and having such a huge learning curve of how to do that with bunch of, you know, tons of staff and uh, multiple locations and just the complexity of systems and then teaching way too much. I was at like a place where I mentally, emotionally, physically, every part of me relationally was just exhausted. That, that you can't get to a point where you hit that and then you go over the edge because you didn't do uh, inventory early on. So I guess what I'm encouraging everybody to do based on what Benji said is to just do check-ins. Like, how am I doing? Like, how am I doing in my being? Like, not my professionalism as a leader, but just who I am. So that you don't get to that point where you go over the edge and it's a disaster, you know? Uh, that's a part of our stewardship is, is to steward our own interior life so we don't hit that point where we walk over the edge leading to a disaster in our own leadership, but also that reverberate, you know, how that reverberates to other people that we're leading. So mm -hmm. thanks, Benji. That's so good. Yeah. Something Benji said, which is really important is he said, you know, um, it's the small hairline fractures that lead to, you know, the implosion of a leader. And um, this is why emotional health is so important is because even with the small hairline fractures, um, if you're in tune with your emotions and with the Holy Spirit, you're going to feel something, you know, you're going to, you're going to know something's not right. You're going to have that conviction and you're, you're going to feel a sense of, you know, guilt or even shame. If there's something that you're doing in the secret place that does not, you know, reflect, it, uh, the character that you should have as a leader. Um, I was even reading this week, Psalm 32, where, uh, you know, David had uh, hidden his sin as a leader where he was committing adultery with Bathsheba. And he said, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long, day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was uh, dried up as by the heat of summer. There's a lot of emotional language in there, you know, um, uh, the, the groaning that he was feeling all day long, his bones wasting away, feeling a he heaviness emotional awareness is able to identify that and say, you know, something's off inside of me. And rather than suppressing it and just, you know, keep doing ministry and keep moving forward and pretend like everything's great. It's like Wesley said, pausing and reflecting and saying, you know, something's off here. What's the root of that? You know, is it something I haven't shared with the Lord? Is it something I haven't shared with my spouse? Is it something I haven't shared with my leadership team? Is it something that needs to get brought to the light? And those are the small hairline fractures that Benji was talking about. So small things 
that haven't got brought into the light that over time compile and compile and compile and just lead to, you know, someone falling into just complete failure and being disqualified and having to step down from ministry or any position of leadership. So it's the small character issues that we need to be aware of and be in tune with. And our emotions are the first warning sign. You're going to, you're going to feel something um, and, and just be in tune with that and, and investigate it and look into it and bring it before the Lord. That is so well said. Uh, about, I love that idea of warning sign, like to be in tune with your emotions as a signal, a warning sign, communicating to us that something is going on uh, inside of us that we should be aware of in our life. You know, just to sum up what these two brilliant, amazing guys have said, uh, this is why emotional health is important for a leader because it influences our own soul, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. who we are on the inside, it influences the health of our relationships, the people in our life. Uh, And if we're not doing well or whatever the state of our, you know, our emotions are at the time we project like what's going on inside of us is projected on our relationships, whether we intend to do it or not. That's just the nature of being human. But thirdly, it influences the health of our leadership. And we have seen it in our own lives. We've seen it in other leaders' lives, the importance and our own need to develop in these areas. Um, And so we want to have a healthy soul. We want to, we really want to like work for healthy relationships and we want to work for healthy leadership. But in order to do that, you have to be healthy emotionally. So here's a question for you guys. How do we become emotionally healthy leaders? So if I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, like I realize this is really significant for my life, but I need some practical like ideas or tips or practices to become an emotionally healthy leader. You know, fire away. Love to hear some ideas. One thing which recently um, I heard that just was, I've heard this passage taught a million times, but something stuck out like I'd never seen before. You know, um, Jesus says that the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says, the second is likened unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. And hearing that taught in church my whole life, I always heard, you know, love God and, you know, other people. But what was missing was the as yourself. Jesus says there's actually a qualifier for loving other people, um, and that's loving yourself. And so when it comes to just practical tips for what emotional health looks like, um, there is an emotional, emotionally healthy relationship we need to first have with ourselves. That's what you were talking about earlier, Wesley, and what Benji was talking about. We're all unique. We need to discover who we are um, and who God has made us. And that happens through cultivating an emotionally healthy relationship with God. As I grow in my relationship with God, I become more aware of who I am. And as I learn to love and accept who God made, has made me to be, as I'm formed in his image, it empowers and enables me to love other people. So emotional health is something that we do, number one, with God. We bring our emotions before him. It's something we do with ourselves. 
I'm taking inventory and taking time to slow down and look at myself and say, what's going on? What am I feeling? And it's something that happens in community. It's something we do with other people as well. And so I think all three of those, just for a practical tip is, you know, um, are you, are you bringing your emotions before God? Are you taking time number two to process them yourself? And then number three, do you have a community of people around you who you're able to process those with? I think all three of those elements are really important in becoming emotionally healthy as a leader. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on some of those. It just If I were to encourage any leader to get emotionally healthy, I think the first thing I would just tell them to do is become serious about rest. Um, you, we become so mm. blind um, to our own emotional state when we don't give ourselves time to feel. Um, and so and this took a couple of years mm. ago. I got really serious about a Sabbath. Um, and had a couple of people in my life help, help mentor me in that. AJ Swoboda's book, Subversive Sabbath was huge in my life. And it, and I just, I always attached to some sort of legalistic thing that I could or could not do. And, um, until I just realized that there was a rhythm of Sabbath before the law was ever created, that it is a part of our reflecting God's mm. good nature. Um, who is the one who is emotionally healthiest is God and watching how seriously Jesus took mm-hmm. rest. And it's, has been such a massive thing for me. And so like Fridays, I have my phone off, um, all day. I, I make sure that it's intentional time to be with Jesus. I check in, um, I'll go on a long run. I'll go be in creation. Um, I'll be with my kids. We, eat really good food on Fridays. We always get donuts. Um, it reminds us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. Really good food so donuts. I is, like that. There, there That would be like my number one thing. I'm like, if you don't Sabbath, um, I, I just, I think that in a very subtle way, you are trying to do something that not even God was willing to attempt. In that, in just unwilling to rest, I had a mentor of mine say, "Your your level of rest is a reflection of your level of faith, because when we rest, we're willing to like give that up." So that would be my number one encouragement to you. The second thing is you have you have to become a student of yourself. Um, a spiritual director in my life, when I realized I dove into the enneagram, I figured out I was a type nine who's like a peacemaker. I realized my whole life. I thought it was my gift to the world to, to give everyone a good equilibrium. I'm like, keep everyone happy and, and good and things like that, which a lot of people love. Um, but then I realized that I was two things. One, uh, harmony was such a high value for me that truth was oftentimes undervalued. Uh, so healthy confrontation. Um, and the other thing that I realized is that harmony was such a high value for me that I was, I was willing to sacrifice my own health for it. And so, but it took me learning about myself of like, oh man, this is, there's a God hardwired disposition I have, which is good when redeemed. But in my flesh, even that wiring will turn into being some sort of Messiah that Jesus never asked me to be. And so... Um, so I think that that would be my other, other thing. So rest like, well, know yourself and continue to learn about yourself. 
take all the personality tests you can, things like that. And ask the Holy Spirit to tune you into things that you need to learn. And the thing that you said, Dad, the third thing is have healthy people around you. Um, if you don't have people who are willing to speak honestly to you, um, then there's a there's a good chance you're walking around with massive blind spots. So I would I would highly encourage you, and maybe for some of you that's your spouse, um, but maybe some of you it's not. I think there's a lot of leaders who lead out of their own insecurity, which translates to leading out of it looks like a fear based leadership, which means people don't have the right to come and tell you if you're doing something wrong. I think one of the most emotionally healthy things that ever happened to me is when I had a staff member approach me and said, Hey, I don't know if I really liked how you handled that. And that didn't like feel good. But the fact that my staff member felt safe enough to like talk about that was a huge win because there is a safety in that place just to say like, Hey, come talk to me about things. I'm not seeing, I don't see everything. And so, yeah, be, be ruthless intentional about rest about knowing who you are and then just about giving the people in your circle permission to speak honestly to you so good by the way if you guys hear like weed eating out it's outside my office window <laughs> come on somebody is weed eating right outside my I, office window i can't work so, like this. they should be resting they should be listening to this podcast and resting if you hear this in the podcast this is just real life you know like Hey, you just gotta <laughs> gotta keep going when they're weed eating. This isn't this isn't a perfect Instagram feed. It's a real life podcast. It's it's the real life. So Benji, that was really really good. Um, loved everything that you said, and really appreciate all your thoughts. Uh, a lot of wisdom right there, and a lot of great practices. I'm just gonna add a few more. Uh, kind of as we're closing, I think. One of the most important things for being emotionally healthy as a leader is to make sure that your input is equal to your output. One of the temptations that we all have as leaders, particularly for me as a visionary and an achiever, is we like progress, but we need to redefine what progress is. Uh, we like to go, we like to do, we like to achieve, but progress can be the you know can be at the expense of our own health and our team's health. Um, I, I remember early on leading even before you got there, Zav uh, at Ecclesia. You know, I had learned from a leader who would just be like, "Oh, in two weeks we're going to do this, and in a week we're going to do this," and then the team would just kind of like scurry in stress. I apologize to all of you. Yes, I made many mistakes. Please forgive me. Um, scurry and stress to like achieve whatever the vision was. That's not the healthiest way to do things, not for yourself, not for your team. And so we've got to make sure that we're, we're, we have time to input and time to output, both for ourselves and the people that we're leading. That means all of us, you know, the leader and the people that you're leading, they need to be encouraged to intentionally create rhythms and practices like uh, Xavier and, and Benji have shared that you're able to take time to fill up your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and relational tank. And one of the parts about input and output as a leader in relationship to our emotional health is we can't let the demands of people or the demands of the vocation dictate our rhythms. Here's why. 
Demands will always outweigh what an individual human can accomplish in a healthy manner. Which leads me to say this, not only do we need to make sure that our input is equal to our output, but we all need to learn our limits. Um, Limits are us in humility saying, hey, I can't do everything. I can't be everything to everyone. And I don't want to gain outward success and lose my own soul. I would just encourage every leader around emotional health to say, here's a value of mine. I don't want the success of what I'm building to cause me to lose my well-being and health as a follower of Jesus. So maybe a little bit of simplicity and intentionality need to take place in kind of defining our limits as a leader. And then finally, just kind of wrap up this entire conversation, become emotionally healthy and become an emotionally intelligent leader. And I say become because it's a lifelong process. We are all WIP, work in progress, every single one of us. Like even Benji saying, you know, the scenario where your staff member came up to you and said, I didn't, you know, like how you led that. I've had staff members do that to me and I didn't receive it. You know, like that's a total failure on me. So we're all becoming emotionally healthy and emotionally intelligent leaders. It's not just like, oh, this year I'm I'm there. I've reached the pinnacle. Um, and that means we need, as Zav said, we need to learn to feel, to listen, and to respond wisely to the emotional communication taking place inside of us and around us as leaders. Uh, emotionally health is not just my own interior life, but it's also the health of the people around us. And so we need to be taking inventory of that and being humble enough to say, oh my goodness, like I need to work on that or I need to respond better or I need to make sure that I have limits. I need to make sure that I'm giving myself ample time and our team ample time to fill up their tanks so that they can flourish as leaders and disciples, followers of Jesus. So I hope that this conversation is encouraging and helpful. There's a lot of really, really great things that were said around emotional health in this conversation that I'm just going to take and receive for my life as a leader because I'm still a work in progress. You two guys, I love you guys. I just have the utmost respect for the both of you. And I'm so grateful to be, you know, for for us to be connected and, you know, to be called one of your friends and just to do life with you. It is an absolute honor. So everything that you guys say, everybody listening, take to the bank. These guys are the real deal and some of the funnest, best people I know. And we still got to have our Better Days board meeting out on some surfboards in San Diego pretty soon here. <laughs> board meeting. Yeah, board Good meeting, baby. For sure. Well, thanks for having us, Wes. It was such a joy. Yeah. And again, I think this is just so important. Such a great conversation. And so I'm grateful to just get to be a part of it. Yeah, same. Thanks so much for having us, Wes. Yes, much love, guys. And uh, at the end of every summer session, um, each podcast, we have a tip or a practice to put into practice for the summer. And so this week's tip is to really think about 
kind of the weight of your input and your output right now as a leader or just as a human that isn't a leader, but every human is a leader. Like Benji said, you all have a sphere of influence. So are you giving yourself ample time in the input category where you're filling up your tanks? Um, or do you need to kind of rearrange uh, your schedule, your life a little bit to create some healthy pockets where you can fill up your tank because you cannot flourish and thrive on empty. So do an inventory on your input versus your output as a leader. And I hope that really helps you become an emotionally healthy leader. Much love to everyone. There are better days ahead. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for your help in spreading the word about Better Days Podcast to bring hope and help to people walking through the hard moments of life. You can find more resources at betterdaysfmly.co. Join us for another episode next week. There are better days ahead.